what makes that connection special is the alchemy that existed between the both of you. And you can uh, still appreciate them as a person and hope the best for them. But like with these sort of fears, I've always found it better to reframe it as like, okay, this person was a catalyst the most to bring something forward in me and you that you needed to access. And they're not giving you anything that you're not able to give to yourself. I'm Krati Mehra, and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy, and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness, because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. And welcome back to Beyond the Goals. This is episode number 49. And once again, I am talking to Julie Nguyen, writer, creative consultant, and trauma-informed relationship coach. Julie has been on the show once before. I interviewed her for episode number 28, Finding Love and Sustaining Healthy Relationships. And uh, since that conversation, we've become great friends. We've had a number of virtual hangs and we've discussed practically everything from our personal lives, relationships, to working as a coach and our love-hate relationship with social media. (laughs) And I have to say that with each interaction, my respect and admiration for Julie has grown so much. And I hope that she continues to be a part of the show because apart from being just such a fun person to hang out with, when it comes to relationships, dating, sex, mental health, personal growth... Julie's breadth and depth of knowledge is amazing. And if you miss episode number 28 and you're not familiar with Julie's uh, work, let me give you a little introduction about a guest. Julie was the sex IRL column writer for Hello Giggles and advice columnist for mental wellness startup Curio. In addition to writing, Julie also works with people and innovative brands looking to ask interesting, provocative questions about themselves and modern relationships an example of which is her collaboration with Actually Wellness, wherein she led and co-directed a social dating experiment, The Long Second Date, meant to normalize proactive couples therapy. Julie loves advocating and working with clients who want to develop a deeper understanding within themselves and question the whys behind their love ideologies and beliefs instead of just wanting the perfect on-paper match. And to further develop these interests, Julie went on to receive her relationship coaching credentials in intimacy, sex, and communication, and is now focused on building a relationship practice with liberation, pleasure, and anti-racism at its core. In our previous interview, we discussed forging healthy relationships, but uh, this time around, we are focusing on the end of a relationship and how to make it as healthy as possible and what comes after the breakup the emotional fallout, recovering from the loss, moving on uh, with a healthier mental and emotional setup, and even exploring the possibility of getting back together with the person in the future, and so much more. Uh, This episode was so much fun to record. I loved it. And I really hope this episode provides you with a lot of guidance on this subject of breakup, something that's difficult to navigate and to ask help for. So I really hope that this helps you. And if you have further questions or concerns, please feel free to reach out to me or Julie. I will share Julie's contact information in the episode description. But for now, let's dive into this conversation. 
Thank you so much for coming back to the show because I loved our last conversation. And since then, we have had a lot of conversations around uh, relationships, around being a coach, and I've loved each and every one of them. So um, I'm so glad you're back on the show. Yeah, I'm glad to be back here too. I mean, I think that we became like really like fast friends, which is really lovely. I think that we're kindred spirits in some respect. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Uh, And I know that you've been through a lot of personal changes as well. uh, But you're now, of course, in a good place in a very happy place, which is why I'm very excited to be recording this episode. And um, today we are talking about breakups, because uh, this is important. And we all know what a sensitive topic it is and what an incredibly relevant topic it is yeah like this topic is very near and dear to my heart because I just ended a pretty long-term relationship like the beginning of summer and you were very sweet checking in on me which I deeply appreciated um but yeah like I'm in a really good place I went really inward a lot more inward than I typically go um but it's been nice I've been spending a lot of time with family hanging out outside just living my life (laughs) yeah that's good to know that's uh, great to know in fact because you know the fallout from breakups can be uh, pretty brutal and far-reaching and I think it can linger for a really long time so I'm so glad to know that you are doing so well I've been uh, of course I've been in touch with you throughout this journey and uh, it's just it's been so educational, the way you've handled the whole thing, it's been admirable. And um, oh, I'm glad you. that you are tackling this topic today. Because uh, I think it's uh, apart from, yes, it is very relevant at all times. But right now, I think it's even more relevant because of COVID. Uh, a lot of relationships have unraveled oh during gosh. this period, uh, because people were either not able to be in the same place for a long time, or they were in the same place for way too long. <laughs> so all of that had some or some kind of repercussion. So let's talk about it. Uh, let's uh, start with I think the most relevant question here let's start with the signs that tell you that it's time to call it a day on your relationship that it's time to walk away so let's talk about that first oh that's a really good question and it's super super tricky because I want to state the reason why that's such a pivotal question for a lot of people that can give them a lot of hesitation or pause about moving forward with like ending the relationship is there's never a right time to hurt someone there's holidays, there's birthdays, there's personal things that people are going through. There are things to untangle, friend groups to think about. It can be really tough to wrap your mind around like, okay, how do I do this thing that's going to force such a big change in my life? But I truly believe that if you have a feeling and it's a persistent and ongoing feeling of like, I just don't know if this is the right relationship for me, or I don't know if this is my person, you have to honor your emotions and kind of do the hard thing and have the honest conversation. Just you wanting to leave is reason enough. Like a lot of people, they want to hang it on a fight. They want to make the person like a villain to like give them a justification for them to like, you know, look for the exit hatch. But I think that if you just want to leave, it's reason enough. You don't have to make the relationship bad or rotten um, for you to make that jump for yourself. And I believe a relationship is mutually consensual and two people are opting into it every single day with the choices you make and how you treat each other. And if one day you just know that you can't show up 100% and participate in the relationship honestly and fully, lovingly let them go instead of waiting until later on when like a really big yeah. fight happens and 
or something happens where you like cheat on them or any number of like negative factors that could occur, it's just a lot better to be like, okay, this is really hard to do, but I gotta, I don't know, this is for me. Do you think ending a relationship has to be something that happens over a period of time? Or could it be like an instant thing? Like when you know, you know, it can be both. It can be both because relationships come in so many different like shades right? Like some relationships can be very deep, some can be very new, you could just be dating someone after a year, a month and be like, I don't know if this is my person. But if you just begin to feel like there's this incompatibility that we have, or there's this fundamental mismatch that we can't collaborate over, like this is a thing where like, we're gonna butt heads about it. I don't know if this is my person. I don't know if I can devote time to this person. You then don't want to continue to like, persevere in the relationship and just kind of really sink down and like fight for it and be like well I think if we work on this thing we can make it better like there's always it's really tough because there are so many things you can have in your toolkit to make the relationship better but if you do those things and the relationship is still not moving forward in a meaningful way then it does make sense to let them go and a breakup isn't always forever like you can always go back to the person later on and I think when I work with my clients, I always try to emphasize that. Um, I had one person that was like, but what if I want to be with her again in the future? I'm like, well, that possibility can still exist. If you end the relationship with a lot of tenderness and love, I don't see why that can't be like a possibility. Okay, so we understand that, you know, for some people, it's a gradual thing. But for some people, they, they know when certain things start happening, or when they start to lose interest, or they're not as invested, they know that it's time to call it quits. But Do you feel that, you know, like, because there are certain people who stick around, even, you know, some things might be happening that are really not acceptable, even so people stick around. But then there are certain other couples who call it quits simply because they've lost interest, simply because they are, you know, they're not like feeling the zing or the spark, as people call it. So do you think a lot of it is about having clarity around what it is that you want out of your relationship? And what your expectations are, you know, what sort of expectations you built up on that, that foundation of clarity, and where it's going and whether you are even in alignment with each other or not. Right. That's a really, yeah, I really love that question, because it's, there's a lot of depth to it. It's really comprehensive. And breakups can take on a lot of different form, like forms. To your first point, Yeah, like some relationships could just be clarity of like, this is a mismatch of like, who we are to each other. And I don't think it's right to continue in the relationship. Another side of relationships that can be a little bit more toxic is trauma bonding, which is what you were talking about, where like the relationship is slightly abusive or completely abusive. Like there are things that are occurring in the relationship that aren't healthy, that isn't serving your highest self. And it's really hard to get out of that relationship because you're so enmeshed with that person. And a breakup feels it can feel like exile, it can feel extremely tough to like extricate yourself from a situation where the person has kind of like encroached on your sense of self and like how you can make decisions for yourself. Because if you're in that place, it's very likely that you don't know how to end the relationship without it making it it mean all of these different things. And when that's the case, I really encourage like a mental health professional or having friends that can help you get out of that. It does take a village to help you heal from breakups, but sometimes it takes a village to help you recognize what's happening and let you know that you deserve better and you have to get out of it so then you can take care of yourself. So that's one side of it. 
and the other side of like relationships where some people are just like okay you know it was really exciting and now all of the passion is gone <laughs> I don't I am feeling like this person isn't giving me what I want I just wrote an article about this and that points to like limerence it's people that fall in love of falling in love or they fall in love with the idea of a person and it's way better like a lot of people you may not feel that way in the moment but it's so much better if someone closes the door on you because they're not able to be emotionally available enough or accessible enough for you to be able to be seen as a full person or it could be like another thing of attachment theory like a lot of avoidant people they can feel that way where it's like i don't feel this like passion so i think you're the problem not like the relationship is like the problem because they're afraid of commitment. They kind of see the person as the problem and then they take themselves out of the equation. Either way, it's for the better. <laughs> like if someone leaves you like that, it's best. Like their closed doors are really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. This brings me to the next question because it when you reach that point, you know it's time to you know have that kind of difficult conversation where you let the other person know you know what i'm not in the same place as you but it's mm-hmm. awkward it's difficult and it is. With, <laughs> for both parties and you don't really know how to have that conversation and then there is the other side of it where people are in a committed in a very serious relationship and i'm sensing that that would be even more difficult because then you have been with this person for so mm-hmm. long and now you're walking away and you are the world you're going to find on the other side is going to be drastically different from the world you were living in when you were in a committed relationship because i think that creates some kind of a bubble around you there's there's some sort of comfort that you get knowing that this person is constantly in your corner even if the relationship isn't as healthy as you would wish it to be mm-hmm. even so it is a comfort so there's there are a lot of fears so so can we talk about like some of those fears and navigating that very crucial period because once you do get out of it i think you learn a lot about yourself you learn a lot about what you want out of relationships i think it's a learning learning curve but can we talk about the some of the common fears that people have to navigate Oof, that conversation yeah one of the biggest fears that a lot of people will have after breakup is is this a mistake will i find someone like them again and those questions can keep you in the same place where you're asking it because it's it's really difficult i will i will add to that and realize that this is what i want out of my life at least for the time being i don't want to commit relationship i don't want someone leaning on me to that extent so can i say like adding to that like you said that one of the fears is is this a mistake because then you're going to be alone to me like one of the things that i ask myself when i'm going through that period is what if this person is like awesome and i'm just missing out on like i'm not seeing something that's there and i'm i always question myself uh, maybe it's cuz i'm a coach maybe it's cuz i walk right. people through these processes maybe it's because of that i always ask myself if i am the making a mistake in the sense where there is a growth to be had in this this it's an it's an opportunity for growth and i'm missing out and maybe if i stick around long enough and if i maybe open my mind more maybe things will look differently but then you realize that you can't just expect this person to sit around waiting for you to make it to that point and it just seems unfair but that question mm. always pops into my head so let's take let's that stick to that question first <laughs> <laughs> it specifically relates to you okay. and it's Like it just sounds yeah. like what you're choosing is you're choosing your relationship with yourself and you're centering that first. Like you're choosing growth, you're choosing your professional 
and personal identity and choosing to nurture that above any relationship of anyone else. And I'm pretty, I'm in a pretty similar place to that right now. Like I'm single for the first time in a long time. And I have been like, there's people that you can meet, but unless I really meet someone where it's like, wow, there's something about you and there's something mutual about the way that we can operate together, where I think that you're the right person for me in this right time of my life. That's like, you'll just know. And I think you'll be able to make that shift for yourself because your journey that you're going on is a valid journey. And I truly believe in like right timing, like divine right timing where it's like, okay, it's, you're never going to be able to arrive to a place where you're like this fully formed person, right? And you're like, okay, now I can date this person. Now this person can come into my life and it's going to feel beautiful and it's going to be like this really lovely union. I think it's just going to be someone that you interact with where you decide to take the risk of vulnerability of yeah. like, okay, this is this person is someone that I feel like I'm separate enough um, from this person where like, we can have a really beautiful interdependent relationship where they respect my values that are deeply grounded in myself. Like I have so many beliefs that are instilled in me and they appreciate and understand it just like I appreciate theirs. Now we can be in this like mutually um, beneficial relationship where like a lot of our separateness is just as beautiful as a lot of our togetherness. And it's just looking for that kind of person because that is a very unique person who is able to like see you and be like, okay, I really, um, I love what they're doing and I don't want them to stop what they're doing. I just want to compliment their life. Yeah. Awesome. This makes a lot of sense because I think one of the issues that I have is that as people start to ask for more, they want more in Mm -hmm. every sense and it's, it's makes sense, you know, and it's, it's acceptable, but then I'm maybe able to share some areas of my life, but in other areas, I feel like this person wouldn't get it. So it, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And it doesn't make me sound like a cynic <laughs> either. No, you're not a cynic. It's yeah. just it's waiting for the right time. And yes. the right time is a question that you will grow into as you just live your life. And like going back to like the original question about like the other common fears that people have in a relationship is like, it's like what you were saying, what I this person can't wait around, right? And that person, all of these people that we're in relationships with, they're so special like each person is a universe of their own yes completely unique completely different but it's not like if you lose out on them you've lost out on your chance of love like that's not the case what makes that connection special is the alchemy that existed between the both of you and you can still appreciate them as a person and hope the best for them but like with these sort of fears, I've always found it better to reframe it as like, okay, this person was a catalyst the most to bring something forward in me and you that you needed to access. And they're not giving you anything that you're not able to give to yourself. And when you look at that, it becomes a lot more meaningful. And it becomes like, it feels like a very beautiful collision, where it's like, wow, you collided on my path, you showed me this thing that I didn't know I had. Um, Thank you. And I wish you well. And then you just keep on moving and they keep on moving. And it doesn't have to be like, I hate them. They're a villain. They're the worst person that's ever existed. A lot of people have that narrative. You can just like move on from it with a lot of peace. Yeah, that's amazing. That is really beautiful. And this is, I think this is what I always tell people, my loved ones who worry about me, because, you know, some people have this thing that you have to be a certain age to find love. And I don't believe that at all. Like, I don't believe that at all mm-hmm. so i hope anybody listening who feels like that or has people in their life who constantly tell them that you're 
you know, getting older. <laughs> Don't listen to them. <laughs> Love is not not about that. And I agree with you 100% because despite my very, like, I am very independent and I'm very self-sufficient. It is a matter of pride for me to know that I can walk every path on my own mm-hmm. if necessary. Yeah. You don't have to. It's always nicer to have company, but you can if you need to. But even so, I've always told my loved ones that I think I will just know when I find that meet that person, it wouldn't be as difficult as everyone makes it out to be. No. I mean, there would have to be, you would have to work at it, mm-hmm. you know, of course, that's a very natural thing, but it wouldn't have to be so much, such a struggle. I wouldn't have to argue myself into it. No, I think it would be, yeah. I think it'd be more so you feeling confronted with a deep sense of vulnerability. Like, do I want to let them in? Do I feel like, am I feel, do I feel safe enough to let them in? Like, those are the questions you have instead of, like you said, arguing yourself to like that point of like, well, people are saying I should because I'm that age or whatever. I think when questions come in, you're not going to get pushed into the right relationship for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, so great. And now we were also talking about people who are afraid that they're making a mistake and that they'll be alone if, you know, it turns out that they did make a mistake and they want how to backtrack. Mm. So if you were to talk about that. Yeah. And I think it's like, ugh, it's really tough, right? Because like when you feel like, okay, did I make a mistake? Um, yeah. Some people like there's a, a grief, there's a grieving period after a breakup where you will be going through a lot of oscillating feelings. Sometimes you love them. Sometimes you hate them. Sometimes you're villainizing them. Sometimes you're putting them on a pedestal. And when you're in that emotional whiplash, you can make momentary decisions that maybe don't serve you the best way. I encourage people that are thinking, I think I want to get back to them to just really give it time. Really let yourself process the feelings of the breakup. And if you feel like after X amount of time, like a few months down the line, you know what, I've processed it, I feel really confident and like, assured in myself, but I still want this person back, you can come back to them and have the conversation of them then. But I do encourage people to really think about the reasons why the breakup happened in the first place. And if you're able to like, reimagine a new relationship with them, where you can both step into like a different way of being to kind of elevate the relationship a little bit more. Otherwise, you might just get back on the hamster wheel of like, I don't know. I was feeling lonely. I just felt like I loved them and I missed them. It's like, okay, but is there anything meaningful that can still be in the relationship? Are you doing it out of loneliness? Like those feelings are very, very valid, but it's not necessarily their problem. It's like, if you're going to be with someone, I think it's really important that it becomes like this collaborative thing. Yeah, I'm so glad you shared that. Again, like you mentioned how you need to know why you are in the relationship and you need to know as and when you walk away, if you walk away, why you're walking away. I think that 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 clarity will be key to you either staying in a relationship in a healthy way or walking away from it in a healthy way and not, you know, going back to it out of loneliness or desperation. So I think that clarity would be key here. But you mentioned the grieving process. So if you were to talk about grieving process, and we know that a lot of you, you tend to make a lot of rash decisions, a lot of do a lot of impulsive things that may not be the healthiest uh, moves for you. So what are some of the healthy things people can do to move on? What are some of the healing practices that they can embrace so that they come out of it stronger and better and more ready for a better relationship or not, not better, but a healthier relationship. Oof. I know for me personally, like 
everyone will have different self-care rituals that they'll do for a breakup. So whatever you need to do for yourself, don't feel guilty about it. Obviously, don't like wallow in it. Don't use that as like, don't do it like months and months down the line. But it's really important to just give yourself whatever you need to feel better. Like for me, we've mentioned this before, like I'm a really introverted person. I love being alone. I love just like hanging out by myself. And this has been so amplified during my breakup. Like it's just really, really tough for me to be around a lot of people right now. Um, So for me, I've just been like really going inward in my isolation and not feeling bad about it. Because a lot of shame can happen when it's like, well, I should be feeling this way at this point. It's like, no, you can still like I've moved on from my breakup. I wish the person well, but I'm not like, I want to get back with them anymore. I just, I feel like I'm in a different place where I'm just grieving. I'm in a moratorium for the relationship and what it could represent, but not the person itself. So with me right now, a lot of my isolation is me just kind of like rebuilding on my own and kind of like solidifying a lot of the foundation of values more for myself and not feeling bad about it. And it's really important too as you're thinking about healthy ways you could integrate during a breakup is like not to go after low hanging fruit. Like I was saying, villainizing them or putting them on a pedestal. This person was my soulmate. Um, I'm never going to find anyone else like them. I'm destined for a life of loneliness, but it's a lot more meaningful to just aim a little bit higher and just think, well, what was good about the relationship and what wasn't good about the relationship? Every person is a teacher. So like, really think about them in that way. Like, what can they teach me? What did they teach me? How can I carry that forward? A lot of people will tie forever to this happily ever after thing. And if you don't achieve that, it's considered a loss. It's considered a failure. But I think that forever can still be integrated by how you remember them, talk about them, cherish the memories, even if the breakup was awful, because there was a version of you that existed in the past that cared about them that like made the decision to be with yeah, them. So yeah. just like hold those two opposing thoughts in your head to be true that you're hurt. You may regret certain things. You may have wanted to do certain things differently, but you're moving forward from that. You want to be better. You want to self-correct for the future. And yeah, just really lean on your friends, lean on your family, but do whatever you need to make yourself feel better. Um, the one thing I will say about it too, is just to feel the pain. The only way out is through don't distract yourself. Don't like go into like a lot. It's easy to drink. It's easy to party. It's easy to do all of these things just to feel like you want to run away from that feeling because it can feel like an abyss. It's so big. this like sad feeling, but it's so much better to just greet it. Let it come inside of your home and then let it go. Like see it as a visitor. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's such a huge conversation. And I always implore anyone that I have ever sat in a session with because it is instinctual. You know, you want to drown out that unpleasant voice in your head, but don't do it. Don't do it. There is so much to be learned and there is so much growth there. And that is, I think, the only way. The only way to the other side is to go through that darkness. There is just... Totally. Or you're going to find yourself back in that same place, just in looking different and just, yeah, with different people. So don't do it. So what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of the time when we do break up, it's not the person that we miss. It's that sense of togetherness. So as you said, we should try, like, find it in other areas of our life like something else to try like leaning on your friends as you recommended going on walks finding that sense of togetherness in yourself becoming your own anchor I think so that would be awesome 
But if we were to turn this around and talk about people who they were the ones or like, I don't know what other words you use for it, but uh, they were dumb. They wanted that relationship to go on, but the right. other person was just not that in the same place anymore. So what do those people do? The first thing still is like feeling the pain and the betrayal of that, because that will be the immediate feeling. It will be, I can't believe they did this to me. I thought they loved me. Um, there's a sense of victimhood that's very easy to attach to. It's very seductive to move into this like disempowerment of, wow, I am so hurt. I'm all of these things. But it's like I was saying before, I'm a really firm believer that closed doors put you back on the path that you were meant for. And the person, it's really devastating when a person that you deeply care about tells you like, I no longer want to opt into the relationship with you. A relationship is mutually consensual. Like if one person doesn't want to be in it anymore, you can't convince them of your position. You can't convince them of your worth. You never have to tell anyone, this is what I deserve. The person should be naturally, like they should naturally want to give you that. And if they can't give you that, I would consider it as like a thank you. Like I would be pretty grateful if someone did that to me. Like I'm, thank you for telling me that you can't give me these things because I can give it in myself and I can look for that moving forward in my relationships. And it's still aiming higher with how you think about them. Um, it, a lot of the same principles apply. Like if you break up with someone, if you were dumped because you're going through a lot of pain, it's a lot of different pain because one is inflicted and one isn't. But I believe in a relationship, like there's accountability on both sides. There's learning to be gained on both sides. So still consider them as a teacher and still think about them lovingly because that is how forever can exist with how you remember them and how you like hold their memories in your mind um I just feel like a lot of like even my friends you know when they talk about their ex relationships it can be so negative and like even though my breakup did not end well <laughs> like after I broke up yeah. with him it was like really bad for a little bit just like a lot of breakups are, I still, you can't have hatred for that. Like there was a part of you that existed in, with them for so long that it's just like, okay, you know what? This is life. People get really devastated and they act a little bit out of character and that's just what it is. I just have to move on from it. They have to move on from it. And like, let's wish each other a lot of love and maybe this can be a lesson that I can really like integrate into myself so I can be a better person moving forward and like attract people that can give me the things I need and it'll come naturally to them. Okay. And I know that some, a lot of people, not some, I think a lot of people, they go for drastic changes to their, uh, to how they look mm. or to how their life is set up. Like oh, people yeah. would quit jobs and they would move to another country even. Do you think, like I've always thought that it's okay. If that's what you feel called upon to do, then do that. But do you think that's always like that's healthy? Or do you think like there is a fog that surrounds you right after your breakup? Because anytime you go through an emotionally tra traumatic event, and this breakup is an emotionally traumatic event, if you go through an event like that, you are sort of in a fog. You are. So the impulses that occur to you right after that event, should you pause or should you go ahead and act on them? Maybe that's your way out of that fog. I'm not quite sure here. Yeah, well, I mean, I I like left New York after my breakup, <laughs> which you know, so I was one of those people. I was just yeah. like, time for drastic yeah. measures. Um, time to be but dramatic. It was good for you. It was good for me, and I'm really happy to be because I'm close to family. But 
I think that like, there's a few different ways that people can do it, right? Like you can get a new haircut, you can change your living situation, you can do those things. That's, I, I consider that to be healthy. It's not like what I consider to be unhealthy are people burning bridges, um, people doing it because like, they're so hurt by it that they completely want to restart a new life. Like that feels like to me the outrunning it versus where I think on my side, and I'm going to speak personally, it's like, after my breakup, it made things very black and white. It was like, I want this, or I don't want this. And it made it very easy for me to choose pleasure, or for me to only want to take on commitments where it felt like rejuvenating, it felt like, okay, this is good for me to be in. And the other side, I can't even like, make that decision or make that choice, because it doesn't feel good. Like, I think after a breakup, you're just so in tune of your body because you're in a lot of like grief. So it's easy to kind of make decisions that center yourself and like not choose something depleting and choose something that's like giving you life instead or sparking a feeling of like expansion. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, we can do all of this. We can heal. We can make sure that we take away all that there is to learn from that breakup, from that ending, so that we move on to something better, healthier. But what are some of the things that you would recommend people try so that they can thrive after a breakup, so that they can, they don't just like, like their life isn't just about that recovery. It's about, you know, actually growing, getting better, getting stronger, and really thriving after that mm, breakup. That's a really amazing question. It's, important to start to nurture like how you can creatively reimagine this new chapter of your life that's when it becomes really beautiful because a lot of a, a breakup is grieving what was what could be and you think a lot about the future that you could have together and there's a lot of grief that surrounds that but once you start to like shift into like another position of being like well i'm single now so i can reimagine my life exactly the way i want it about any compromise I don't have to negotiate on certain things. I want, like, for example, like one day I want to have like a farm and like have like rescue a lot of animals. I can just think about that now and do it without thinking about, well, what would my partner think? What would they want to do? Can I do that with them? You can just be really confident about the decisions you want to make for yourself and lean into what feels good to you in the moment. And I think another good thing with like breakups is thinking about like happy chemicals, like the things that you can do naturally to make yourself feel good, being outside in nature, being outside in the sun, doing a lot of exercise to get the natural endorphins or doing a lot of hiking or anything that just makes your body feel good when you move. Like for me, I love biking. I love walking. I love like doing a lot of different like, like roller skating, skiing, that kind of stuff. So like just doing things like that and just really like connecting to your breath, connecting to the present moment and just feeling a lot of gratitude about, I was in a really beautiful relationship, but now I'm by myself and I can imagine all of these really beautiful things, just continuing to like reframe things constantly for the positive. Yeah. And all of that makes sense. But when do you know, like, as you are going through that process, as you're learning new things, as you're growing, how do you know when it's time to date again? And it's not like that impulse is not coming from a bad place or from a place to, you know, because everyone else is doing it. Everyone else has someone that's coming from a good place. Mm, right. So there isn't a time limit for this. And I know a lot of people use an equation. Like I've been with them for X months. So that means I need to give it 
X amount of time before I can start dating again. It's not formulaic. I'm a very open-minded person and I always try to be as respectful as yeah. I can of every idea out there, but this makes it no makes, sense. It, I agree. It doesn't make any sense because like, if you just want to date again after a relationship, you can definitely date again and you can still date like, yeah, you can date and just kind of like honor whatever feeling you have in the moment. What's important is like, are you still thinking about your ex? Do you still miss them? Are you comparing them? With every new person coming in, are you like, oh, wow, I kind of wish they were like the person I had before. That's when it's like, okay, you're not in the right mind to date. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like okay to date if you're like, you can tell people like, hey, I'm really interested in getting to know you. I don't know if I want a long-term commitment, but I'm feeling a little bit like emotionally unavailable. Are you okay with that? You can preface that. And if they're okay with it, then it's like, okay. Now we can be in this relationship that we're co-creating together. That's a totally different thing. And that's an approach that I am 100% for. But if you're dating and you're like using it as like a scratching post for your loneliness, you're using it because you just want the person to feel a void that your ex left. That's when it becomes really problematic. Okay. Okay. Do you remember that in our last, uh, the, in the last episode, I asked you, like I've always, you changed my mind about this because I'd always believe that you work on yourself and when you feel fully like you are, you know, self-sufficient completely, you do not need, you don't do need anymore. Right. You want this person, then you initiate that relationship. Otherwise you keep working on yourself and you just, you were the one who made me think about this. And I agreed with you at the end of it when I thought about it, that you can in fact grow and be in a relationship both at the same time. You can you know, like be doing active, conscious work, transformational work on yourself and be in a relationship. In fact, that relationship can be a contributing factor to your growth. Mm -hmm. So that was like, a like, it changed my mind about a lot of things. So now that we're talking about breakups, and we're talking about initiating a new relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, this is where I want to understand, like, sure, you can grow even as you are, you know, nurturing a relationship that is a very like active big part of your life but if you've been through a breakup mm. and perhaps you were the one who didn't end it there is all of that grieving of course and there is all of that growth to be had and now you also want someone in your life <laughs> how do you then figure this whole maze out how do you make sure that not only are you not using this person to fill that void in your life but you're also not using them as a step to something new mm. how do you make sure that it's about this person Am you're I making, making so much sense I just... I'm following your thought <laughs> I'm honored that I remember I remember that we had that conversation and I'm honored that I helped you like look at that with a more expansive point yes. of view because I still believe that you can like for me personally I've noticed that like I mean, I've been in long-term monogamous relationships since I was in high school. Um, I've had relationships for like the major chapters of my life. And this is the first time I've been single in a meaningful way in a long time. But I've noticed with myself is I typically grow through relationships. What's important is me understanding, although I grow from relationships, I'm not ready, nor do I want to be in a long-term relationship with someone at this present moment as it currently stands. So what I can do is like, and what anyone can do when they're in this position or someone that's on the other end of the breakup is 
being radically honest and vulnerable and communicated with the new person that you're talking to. Like, this is where I'm at. This is what I want. Do you agree with like what I'm telling you I want in a very transparent way? And then it's up for them to be like, okay, this is what I think too. Because a lot of relationships, especially like monogamous relationships, a lot of it is like, you just kind of fill in the blanks from what you assume from like pop culture or like past relationships. There's not a lot of like thoughtful interrogation about why you enter it, what you want from the person. I think it's really important to just clarify that and be like, this is exactly what I want. This is what I need. I don't want a relationship or I do want a relationship at the end of this, but I'm in the breakup or like I just ended a relationship with someone. Just being really super honest with the person. And if they choose to opt in, you can just keep having a lot of like open conversations with them from that point on. I think that's what makes the difference between like just dating someone again and then just kind of falling back into that like the sweetness, but also like the structure of the relationship and not really being like, not really like thinking about, okay, what did I learn from the past? You're just like, well, I'm with this new person. Things will be different. It's like, no, you always carry yourself into every relationship you're in, but can you let the person know that? And then does the person agree? Are they okay with where you're at? Okay. Now you guys can like do it. You know, (laughs) now you guys should date. Yeah. Yes. So this works for me. Radical honesty with yourself and with the other person and then building on that, you know, on that honesty and open conversation. This is awesome. And this is easy. I think it's easy to do. Of course, you know, it's easy for you to do because you're like a very I mean, I think that's the one thing that we like always jived on because you're really honest. And I think I'm I'm also really honest and I'm pretty direct and straightforward about things, but that took time. Like I wasn't always like this. I don't know if you were, but it took me time for me to be like, okay, like I would, I want to err on the side of just like being super open about things instead of like tiptoeing around things or beating around the bush. I was like, wait, this is delaying my happiness. This is delaying like my time. Um, So like, for people where it's hard for them to be honest, for them to openly state their needs, it's it sounds so simple, but it's so, so tough to be like, okay, this is where I'm at. Maybe I'm not emotionally available or I'm very emotionally available and I want a relationship. Like for you to tell someone that it feels like you're naked almost. And but it's a muscle. Yes. Like over time, the more you do it, the more you just yes. like lean into it. No, of course, I don't underestimate the level of discomfort yeah. that that conversation can have. But what what I mean by easier is I think there is just because I think when you're holding things back and when you're sort of shrinking yourself into forms and shapes that are just that feel unnatural, Oof, I, feel I think that. it's easier than yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that is unsustainable. You can only sustain that maybe if you're really good at it for a year at the most, eventually you're going to realize that you're not as happy as you can be. A thousand percent. So in that sense, I think it's easier. But of course, you have to refine it. Like I've always, like you said, whether I've always been that person or not, I've always been that person. But now I do it with a lot more refinement. Mm. I'm older. I'm wiser. Love it. <laughs> so I do it with, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now when I'm brutally honest, there is less of the brutality there. And there is the honesty is maintained, but without it being in your face and making it look like I don't give a shit how you feel. Mm. This is where I'm at. No, no, I let the other person know that you're important. Mm. You're very, very important. 
but I, I have to say my piece because I respect you, because I love you, because I want to build something really totally. good. Totally. Yeah. I believe <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I think honesty is a love language in itself because it just feels so good to tell someone this is where I'm at. No game playing, no strategy, no manipulation, no like indirectness. It's something that I've been really embracing this year and it feels good like you can't go back from it it's just it's a new way of (laughs) life yes (laughs) yeah and I think the relationship that comes out of that place of honesty that level of honesty is going to be something just amazing I believe I believe so too (laughs) yeah so this brings me to my favorite question yeah like appreciating the beauty in falling in love and heartbreak there is a beauty to it, of course, as we have been talking about it, but let's like really talk about it. Like there's a beauty in heartbreak as well. There is something there for you to gain out of it. But also how to make sure that your relationships are about falling in love. They're not just about, you know, ticking off that that uh, box in your list of things that you need to get done by a certain age or to fulfill certain expectations that it is about falling in love that first Mm. kiss that first touch or you know oh my gosh so exciting even as you're saying it it's like oh my gosh but yeah like this is also my favorite question because it's so philosophical and I think this is why why people get into relationships the feeling of falling in love is incredible and it's just so I was just thinking about this the other day it's so easy to like someone it's so easy to have a crush it's hard to commit to someone it's really magical, therefore, when two people opt into a relationship together, because it doesn't really happen, like the right timing, the chemistry, all of that colliding, all of that making sense, the person feeling like they've done enough self-work where they can offer themselves to like another person. That's a really beautiful alchemy. There's a lot of magic there. And so like, how to make sure that you're not falling in love with like taking a box is understanding the difference between limerence and love, which I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Limerence is a dopamine rush. It's very similar to the feelings of love, but limerence is short-lived. It's very much looking at a person and conflating them with the concept. This person can save me. This person can rescue me. This person sees me. This person is so amazing that I don't even think I deserve them. If you start thinking about the person that way, you you take all of the humanity away from them. You take all of their, like their vulnerability, their negativity, which can be equally beautiful because people are people, people are humans, you know, people fail, people can get back up. There's a lot of like magic in those moments that people in limerence are missing because they just want to see the person as like this thing that can complete them. And it's very lovely and it's very romantic, but it's not real. And a lot of people that are looking for like someone to take off the boxes, they want to fall in love more so with like an idea of what love can give to them. But if you really want to see a person fully, if you really like a lot of people would say this, like, you know, like I knew they loved me when they helped me when I was sick or they were there for me when I was going through a tough period, because that's love. Like love is very fortified and it's very sustainable. And like, there's something just so gorgeous about like the person seeing you at your worst and being like, well, I still choose you. So there's a lot of beauty in that. Um, 
a lot of value. And on the other side, for heartbreak, I mean, it's like, so like, I'm doing, like, now I'm doing great after my breakup, but it's been a few months since then. But it's like, it just takes time. Like the month after my breakup, I was a complete wreck. But there was this really masochistic element to it when you also feel really alive. Because after a breakup, you're just so sad. You feel all of this grief. You feel all of these different emotions. But I just really chose to embrace it and to dive into it. And it just made everything feel very new. Like even the feeling of overwhelm wasn't a feeling that I felt in the years that I was dating my partner. And I just think there's a reason why like art, movies, poetry, all of this stuff gets created in the aftermath of a heartbreak because you're touching these emotions that are just so like unwieldy and so deep and so intense, but you can transform it into something else, a new life, a new way of being, a new person. There's all of these ways that you can like change it. So when you think about heartbreak, it's so sad, but it's also really delicious to just feel that, you know, like the disappointment of like, dang, I really like wanted something more from that. But oof, I am pretty happy that like, I had that person in my life. Let me move on. It's very conflicting because it's a lot of different emotions coming in. But if you just really allow yourself to like, let it wash over you to just be like very just I think continue to hold gratitude at the forefront, it can feel pretty amazing (laughs) to just really, you know, dive into it because at the end of the heartbreak, there's always an end to the heartbreak and you'll be a much better person, a much more resilient person to just like, just go through the fire. True, true. This was so beautiful. <laughs> I wish we could have like an entire episode about philosophical <laughs> debates about love. Oh my gosh. That makes One day can so we? much sense. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> and I have so many questions around this as well, but let me like put the most like simplest one here. Of course, you know, we seek out people who, you know, give us something that no one else can. I think that is something can't avoid. So we seek out that sense of belonging that is missing, you know, throughout our childhoods or whatever kind of trauma, whatever kind of neglect or whatever kind of uh, issues you suffer through your childhood. Mm. Do you think that's a good thing? Like when you fall in love, I think those are the first things you notice about that person that you no longer have that issue with them. That one issue that has plagued you your entire life. But I don't know. I'm like torn about this subject, whether falling in love should be about that Mm -hmm. or should the focus shift onto the person and to the process and to those magical feelings you have? Oof. Or can it be about both? It can, I think it can be about both. Both can definitely run in parallel because the feelings of falling in love, that will fade. It Like passionate love always burns to compassionate love. And it's like, oh, you're here before you're like jumping each other's bones. And it's like, all right, well, let's get some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like it's a totally different energy. <laughs> I know for me personally, like, I will look for connections where I feel because I love being alone, but I don't love feeling. I would rather be alone than feel lonely around people around me. And that's something I always look for. And relationships, the relationships that I think serve you the best way, you'll be able to get those super butterfly feelings, but then you also feel like a sense of like home of just a lot of calm, a lot of like, I don't have to like, do anything around you, I can just be myself. And you like fully accept that it's such a 
like it's such a lovely feeling I think that feeling of love is what like it's not sexy for movies to like show that, but that's the feeling of love yeah. that I think a lot of people should strive towards. Yes. So are there any resources that you would recommend to people who want to learn more about love and recovering from breakups and just building healthier relationships? So this is one thing about as you're recovering from this, I tend to intellectualize everything. I think with this, you shouldn't just really trust yourself, trust your instincts, trust your gut trust what you're going through, know that all of your feelings are useful information, they're all valid, and they're transient. So it's always going to be shifting. Don't put too much stake on it or make it your identity. Just move through what you're feeling and reach out to your friends and family, take care of yourself. That's all you can really do. um, As you're going through a breakup, you know, just remember that you're worth it. And your sadness is beautiful, and it demands to be felt. So feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, the last question. I already asked you this on the last, you know, last conversation was if you were only allowed to give one advice, what would that one advice be? But if you care to venture, like an advice for people in relationships or just generally about romance and love in your life, let's let's keep it about that. Mm-hmm. I think just be kind to each other out there. Dating is really, really hard. Um, I think about people that like ghost or people that are emotionally unavailable or people that don't know how to get themselves out of a bad relationship. So they'll make up excuses or they'll do unsavory things to get out of it. It's like if people just tended to relationships with as much care, like at the breakup as when they got into the relationship, I think it would just make a lot more healthiest like for everyone moving forward if you just really cared for them despite them not being able to give you anything despite the fact that it didn't work out despite the fact that like the illusion shattered and they're not the person you want that doesn't give you permission for you to treat them differently from that point on you can still give them a lot of tenderness and care so it's hard out there don't make it any harder by like you know giving them problems to unpack later on just be honest it might hurt they might not be able to receive it but that's something that you know you can do for yourself as a person i was honest i tried my best i'm moving forward that was the amazing julie Nguyen. if you want to know more about our guests or you want to explore the resources mentioned during the episode the links will be in the episode description if you want to dive into similar content go to my website pratimehra.com and there's a whole bunch of them for you to explore. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, please do wait and review the show on iTunes and share the episode on Instagram. It will help the show grow and reach a wider audience. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. Now, I'll be back next week. Until then, please do take care of yourself.